This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Hello everyone, welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by The Rope Trainer. And as John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Check out theropetrainer.com today. Special thanks as always to Earl Perrin, Chris Vernon, and of course the Hall of Famer John Smoltz for their continued support of Youth Baseball Talk. The continued support of youth baseball, uh, prep baseball, any type of baseball when it comes to caring about the arm and taking care of it and managing it uh, to the point of trying to do it right and caring enough to test your own device to make sure that it's everything you thought it was and more. And again, that's what the rope trainer is. Uh, I appreciate those guys. I appreciate what they're trying to do. It means a lot to me um, as a guy that cares about the game. And again, uh, just a great group over there. You'll hear from Kurt McNabb and, of course, his rope report as he comes to you each and every week. Uh, I mention it. The guys at Rope Trainer couldn't have picked out a better guy to uh, bring you that rope report each week. And, of course, I love Dirtbag Baseball Nation what Kirk's all about. So always look forward to that. Um, this week's show... Uh, gonna talk a little bit. Um, I've been talking about all the different things that, with this seasons. Um, I had something over the last uh, what amounts to let's just call it seven days. It's actually five or six, but um, the, as a personal, as a coach, and as a uh, as a parent, and as a baseball loving guy, kind of been a part of something. And I want to talk a little bit about it as it relates to the game and the importance of the game of baseball when it comes to it. And that is, um, I've, I've mentioned on the show, I've been coaching the fall high school team. Um, we played in a tournament last weekend um, where we played, not that it really matters, but we wound up playing nine-inning games because they ran out of field space or something. So instead of playing four games, we played three nine-inning games. And it was wood bat. And um, I got to tell you, we focused on the wood bat thing for basically that week, and then um, and then we let it roll over into this week. And I got to tell you, um, we had a lot of fun with it, and it kills me. Like I did the wood bat versus metal bat thing, you know, just just recently. But I got to tell you, I, I love it, and it's going to take me into what I want to talk about today, and that is love and joy of the game of baseball and how it needs to be as important as anything we teach. And I'm going to tell you, it's not an epiphany, okay, but it's something that I've witnessed this fall. And it's not that I don't didn't realize it or don't know it. I, maybe it's because I've seen it clearer because I've always coached kids up until a certain level and then they turn over to their high school coach and because I don't have time to go into that prep style of coaching and I won't do it probably till my kids are done and when I mean done like done with everything so that I you know I, I want to be able to when they're older be able to watch them right so you know my older son now is done um, you know he's he pitched one year of college and had an injury and he's done he doesn't want to rehab it he just wants to go to school and wants to move on and so he's done uh, my younger son is a junior um, he has aspirations of playing in college we'll see what happens um, you know, but as long as he's playing, I want to have the availability to go take time and watch him. But when that's done, I've always said that I would love to coach prep style baseball, older kids. Now, coaching the high school fall team has really been my first foray into that in quite some time. And I got to tell you, we've, we changed a few things up and we kind of did it to get ready to play in this wood bat tournament. Um, that being said, it's what we've done and how it's been received that has, and again, it's not an epiphany because I think I've always known it, but it brings it to the forefront of watching what I'm watching, and that is this. Um, you know, you want kids to get swings with wood bats, and you want to do this, and it takes me back to something I've always said about youth baseball, and that is, I've said it once, I'll say it again, I loved our area, and again, I I can't speak to, I, heck, I, heck, I can't even speak to a, a, a few hours north or south of where I'm at or west or east or whatever. But in our area, um, 8U is a lot of machine pitch. It's machine pitch at, a, at the quote-unquote high level. Like if you want to go play in really good tournaments, play good teams, it's typically 8U machine pitch. Now I know there's some people out there going, well, that's not how we do it. We pitch at 8U. You want to play some real baseball, come play us. And I'm like, okay, whatever. 
Um, but my own experience was at 9U in the state of Illinois, where there's good baseball, and there's good baseball teams in Chicago. I mean, you can find them wherever, but man, there, there's always good baseball teams, especially being this close to St. Louis, and you have a big area, and you got Kansas City. and So you get a lot of good baseball, right? And at 9U, especially in our state, it's open. The state is. And there's good baseball. And when we played 9U, uh, we lost in the quarterfinals of the state tournament, and we were by no means a major team. But what was amazing was, while some of those teams definitely – threw the ball harder than us and definitely had bigger kids that, that hit, we played unbelievable defense for a bunch of nine-year-old kids. And every coach would say to me, we just don't see defense like that. And I, you know, and I would talk to them, and we would talk about it, and they were like, no, you know, we pitched last year at 8U, and I got to tell you, it was really boring. You know, there's no plays, lots of walks, lots of strikeouts. Lots of... That's the beautiful thing about machine pitch. So I've always said the thing I always thought should happen would be in another way to let kids develop before we start pushing them, which is what we do at nine, right? Because at nine, how many kids, most teams, not all, again, you're going to go, not us, not us. Okay, whatever, because we were not us. We had a lot of kids that could throw strikes at nine. Okay, but the reality of it is, well, I've got three dominant pitchers. I'm going to pitch them all the time. You know, you go through that stuff. So at nine, what if it was machine pitch wood bat? Because let me tell you something. You get a lot of defensive plays. Balls are in play. Balls are you know, kids are able to run under balls in the outfield. Kids are, you know what I'm saying? Lots of lots of fun. You get double plays. You can work on you know the ball comes off. You no know, lead off. So you get slow rollers. You can make plays. You can do all this stuff, right? So I'm sitting here, and this last week, as we prepare, um, we practice on Wednesday nights, and it's typically a couple hour practice, and it's very light. I went into the fall thinking I'm going to I, – the very first thing I want to do is I brought out some players that were really good, former players in our, in our school that are local, that came out and helped the kids with some things that I see. Now, this is just me. The, the high school coach didn't say, hey, do this, didn't do nothing. He allowed me free reign to do what I wanted. For me, it was these are things that I see that are little things that a lot of people don't see that bother me. So, one of the biggest ones was base running. Um we talked we worked really hard about approach at the plate things that a lot of times get lost in the shuffle between getting all lessened up or or you know high velocity high exit speed whatever so we went back to some basic stuff worked on it had some fun while doing it but what we've basically done as we've gotten into the fall season is we basically show up on wednesday nights um, we use a wood bat they get loose they all take a round of bp like a pro they take three quick you know they get and we go eight swing, you know, we get go eight swings, five swings, four swings, something like that. Um, and we teach them how to, you know, your first first four swings should all be the other way, you know, maybe at about an eighty to eighty five percent swing effort, and just work on timing, getting your foot down, good rotation behind them, but you know, just basic things. And then you know, we work gap to gap, and then it's like take a round and just let it fly wherever the ball's pit, you know. So that's what we do, and then. We divide it up. To, we have two teams. We have our team. We have the team that's a, the, the, the high school team of the younger kids. And we basically just divide them up, and we play a wood bat coach pitch scrimmage. Now, I'm very fortunate that I have a guy that you stick a quarter in him, and he basically, and he does it from the edge of the mound, throws the most unbelievable BP you've ever seen from about 50 feet. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. So the kid, and he can throw hard. He can throw soft. He can throw curveballs. It's the most amazing thing you've ever seen. We start with an 0-1 count. There are no walks. Um, uh, the the coach of the younger team likes to stand behind anything, and he calls strikes. So you don't get to just stand up there and take pitches. And the way it works is you start with an 0-1 count. You are getting a quote-unquote fastball on the first pitch. You know it going in. Why? We do that because we want kids to be aggressive. We want them to go up there and load up and roll. Now, if you take that pitch or you foul it off, you don't know what you're getting next. He mixes in curveballs. He, you know, he, he he might throw it a little harder. He might do whatever. Okay, so then you become – so we work on two-strike approach. We do all this kind of stuff. We play double innings. So, you know, that way the in and out is is not bad. So, you know, you play three outs and then you clear the bases and, and just keep rolling, right? So we did – We've had more fun with this, and the and, and we do it with wood bats. And the compete level has been through the roof. Now, imagine being out there with about 20 kids, 22 kids that you know, um, that you go to school with, that you Snapchat with, that you, uh, that you Fortnite with, that you do all this stuff with. And knowing that each run you lose by at the end of the game, the losing team has to run sprints. 
for each, and it's two sprints per run, and we basically run sprint uh, 90 feet because that's base to base. And it's nothing drastic, right? But it's the, the carrots out there, right? And every, and the winning team watches them and, uh, you know, roots them on. And then there's no dogging it. Like every guy has to run as fast as he can in the sprint or we don't, don't count it. It's a lot of fun, right? It's a little competing. I mean, I got kids, and we allow them to wear shorts to practice so that it's fun. Some kids wear pants. I got kids with skinned knees. I got kids with dirty elbows. I got kids sliding feet first in defenses trying to catch foul balls. Uh, hustling, turning up. I mean, it is a compete thing like nobody's business. We play four outfielders. So, you know, um, it's tough, tough sledding. You know, there's no gimme things here. I, I, it, it is an amazing, amazing thing. And I'm, and I'm here to tell you, we have had an absolute blast with it, to be quite frank. But it's just letting kids enjoy the game. We don't overcoach them while the game's going on. All we ask is that they give effort and don't horse around. If we feel like they're not respecting the game, we call them on it. But we've basically allowed the kids to play a sandlot style of baseball with very minimal involvement from the coaches at an age where they really don't get to do that much anymore. Typically, I mean, it's a high school coach or a program coach or somebody standing over the top of them constantly working on something. And I got to tell you, if it was me, this is something that I would explore uh, I've talked about a sandlot style practice before. Um, for me, this is something that I would implement, not just for fun. So let, let me back up for a second here. What did I tell you I was going to do in the show? I was going to talk to you about making sure that we foster a fun environment, making sure that we promote it, teach it as much as we teach, you know, sequential hitting as much as we teach you know throwing with intent as much as we teach proper fielding as much as we teach all this stuff i think we have to promote the fun of the game now again hear what i say nobody said who cares about winning nobody said who cares about competing not not once did that come out of my mouth but what i'm telling you is if done correctly some of that stuff takes care of itself because of the environment that you have developed for the kids I'm going to tell you, and, and, and this is where this comes from. So I'm going to go back to last night So because last night was practice. Okay? So imagine this. We've, we've played a, a September schedule. Our last thing is this weekend. It is aluminum bat. It's aluminum bat. Okay? I asked the kids, do we want to do the coach pitch tonight with, with, with aluminum? No, no, no. What's wood, wood, wood? They want to swing the wood. They're taking ownership. They're having fun. They're doing this. They played last night, again, like it was the seventh game of the World Series. They had fun. They, they, they all respectful fun. But it was a – and as a, I, as a – well, as a coach, a parent, and a fan, I enjoyed watching it. Me and the other coaches and some of the parents just smiled and laughed and had fun with it. And the kids were pulling for one another, and they were competing. And it was an amazing thing. So, you know, we do it. Team wins in, in walk-off fashion. Uh, kid gets a hit to win it. Uh, so it's basically, it's a really quick two sprint. So I told him, I said, listen, you guys won by one. There's only two sprints. So I expect max effort on both sprints. It was fun to watch them. They did it. And I mean, it was like nobody wanted to lose in the sprint. I get the kids together. And um, now mind you, like I told you, it's two, two teams worth of kids. So and there was a few kids that didn't play last night because they're like pitchers only and they were no throws because they were a little tender, whatever. Um, all this kind of stuff. So picture, let's just say 25 kids standing around in a group. And um, I'm talking to them about how much I enjoyed it. And the coaches, everyone to a man that were out there helping, talked about don't lose this feeling no matter what you do. And we talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. And, and here's the cherry on top. Um, the, the, our high school, after middle school season's over, kind of gets their field back. And it's been kind of like, I don't know if you want to call it a tradition, but typically for a long time, um, the high school baseball team allows what's called an open field. And it's basically about two to three weeks of Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, all the baseball players come out and it's kind of a coach. It's kind of like a captain's practice. Uh, the coach kind of sits there and watches, but he doesn't coach because I don't think he can. I think it's one of those deals. I think he can just be there to make sure there's no nothing going on type thing. Um, they don't coach. The players coach themselves. They they have parameters that have been passed down, like they do the double inning thing like we do. You start with a one-on-one -on -one count. Um, 
uh, pitchers can pitch no more than they do the double inning thing and they change pitchers each double inning type thing. So there's no lots of pitching. Kids are told that if at any time your arm is tender, you're not allowed to throw. There's some parameters set, but there's no coaching. And the kids love it. And they kind of treat they make teams, so they kind of treat it like a World Series type thing. And it really what it does is they use it as a kickoff into their uh, off season weight training program to where they do some challenges and he breaks out teams and he and, and then the kids compete and it's Omaha challenge. So it's basically a, a setup system, right? So um, the fun the greatest thing happened last night. So I'm giving these guys this talk, and for the older kids, they've been through the fall open field thing before. Uh, the high school also has, uh, I think that it's one night a week, they have the freshmen come. And it's basically, they haven't even had tryouts yet, so basically it's open to any kid that is wanting to try out for baseball that's not playing a fall sport can come to the field, and they basically do the same thing. Um, you know, kids in the town typically know one another, so some of the kids will kind of step up and say, okay, let's divide out teams, let's do this, let's do that. This is how it's done. They've been around and seen enough to know. There's probably a small amount of guidance, right? This is how we do things, blah, blah, blah. Greatest thing ever happens last night. I'm telling these kids, um, you know, hey, I appreciate the effort you've given me. Um, I know that uh, this and that. But I got to tell you guys, if I do this again next year, this is going to be the standard on Wednesday nights. We're going to come. We're going to take BP. First couple of practices, because typically – um, they uh, are have taken at least four weeks off before we start our fall schedule. We want to make sure they get that, that they get in the groove. So we take some ground balls. We might do an infield outfield. Let the kids work on some of that. Take some BP. Throw some bullpens. Do that kind of stuff. But typically, we're going to do this every week because I love it and I think it's important. I said, so plan on that next year. Everybody's welcome back. Blah blah blah. I said, you guys will all be starting open fields next week. Da da. So this, and I mean, it was there was a collective. Oh, and I was like. What's wrong? Nobody excited about open field? And they were like, no, we thought we could, uh, we thought we had a couple more weeks of this. And I looked at all of them and I kind of looked at the coaches and I said, um, well, uh, we don't have any weekend stuff scheduled after this week. I mean, that was kind of what we do. It's a, you know, we don't want to over, I mean, the kids have played enough. They need a break. Um, from competitive baseball. I said, but this to me is important and fun and nobody's pitching. I said, uh, are you guys telling me you'd like me to ask if we can use the facility and keep coming for a couple more weeks until, you know, the weather really turns? Yeah, 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 let's do it, let's do it. You know, and then even some kids were like, Coach, how about we just get some set teams and we do like a like a keep track? And and I'm like, you know, like really make them fair and let's let's compete. And I'm like, okay. See, what I witnessed was kids – Number one, I, I'm not a dummy. What I've witnessed, there's some kids that have matured and grown up right before my eyes, right? Like, and that's inevitable because they're getting older. But what I also witnessed was kids that had an opportunity to really, really, really enjoy getting better without even realizing what they were doing. That's the environment I'm talking about fostering with your kids. Nothing, everything doesn't have to be so structured. Everything doesn't have to be so planned all the time. They will surprise you. Now, I think the issue for most coaches, and, and coaches typically are control freaks by nature. Good ones anyway, people that make careers out of it, right? I mean, I, it it's said more times than not, and I think some people take offense by it. It's, it's not something to be taken offense by. It's a quality technically. Now, some of the great coaches will tell you that what, what you know, people say, hey, what do you think separates you from the rest? A lot of times you'll hear them say, my ability to delegate and have a great staff underneath me. And I think those are guys that realized I can't do everything. And when I did try to do everything, I wasn't very good at it because it's impossible. So, again, you look at this and you say, how much ownership can I give back to the kids? Well, um, here's what I know. And this is a parenting. Uh, and, and, again, I learned this from parenting fails, right? If you really want a kid to do something, he's got to want to do it. How much better do kids do at things that they really want to do? Well, I'll also say this. It doesn't guarantee that they're going to do it well, but what it does guarantee is if it's something they really want to do, they're definitely going to do it as, as like to, to the best of their ability with effort. So, again, I, this kind of piggybacks off what I've always said, and that is at a very young age, I don't have any problem with setting up. And, again, at a young age, you're teaching them, you're doing all this kind of stuff. 
So define young age. I don't know. I don't know your team. I don't know their maturity level. I don't know their skill level. But at some juncture, what you've got to introduce into this thing are un, unscripted practices, unorganized practices. Find some time to take the kids out and drop them off. And again, I, I always say drop them off and leave. And that includes parents and coaches. I get it. We live in a different world today. And people say, well, I'm not leaving my kid at some ball field by themselves at nine and 10 years old with aluminum bats and baseballs and, and with, okay. Okay. If you don't want to, I'm not even going to tell you how to parent. I don't know where you live. I don't know what your situations are. I don't know your personal histories. I don't know all that. All I know is we did it when we were kids and I'm here today. Now that doesn't mean that bad things didn't happen to other kids. So I get it. And that's why I'm not going to take that 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 argument on so what i am going to say is is if that's the stance that you have to take then my suggestion would be this take them drop them off get away from them and go sit as far away as you can and watch and at the very beginning because we've conditioned them to do this they're going to come find you and say so and so did this and we don't know what to do with this and how do i do and you have to look at them at the beginning and go figure it out and that means when they come and say, I was picked last, or they come and say, so-and-so called me out and I was safe, and you're going to have to look at them and go figure it out. I don't care, figure it out, because they will. Now, is it going to be, oh, everybody, kumbaya? No. The same things are going to happen when we were 10. Guys are going to get mad and argue over a foul ball or whether you were out at first, and you're going to figure it out. Because ultimately, when you're a kid, as much as those things bother you, for most, and this is where you find out if kids really want to do it, for most, they want to play more than they want to be right. So listen to what I said there. They want to play more than they want to be right. So you, while it bothers you that Johnny called you out at first and you know you were safe and you're going to argue and then you're going to go pout on the sidelines, you're, you're ultimately going to want to play. And if you don't, then you're not a player. Okay? I sell this story all the time and I'll end this, this conversation because here's the deal and this is how you know it. Again, we're talking about kids, okay? I'm even, now I'm talking about young, uh, older kids. I'm talking about kids that are in high school that love this as much as anything, okay? I, I'll, I'll end it with this. It's a story that uh, my friend Rick Strickland tells all the time. When Miguel Tejada was in Oakland, I mean, we all know who Miguel Tejada was, right? He was a stud. But they're bringing up guys, and they're moving him from short to third and back to short and over to third, and he's been to this and he's been to that. And I don't know. And again, I don't know that the reporter was trying to start trouble or, or, or pick at something, but, you know, a guy looks at him and says, hey, you know, you're an all-star. You've been done this. You've done that. I, does it bother you that, you know, I mean, you've played shortstop and played and that they move you around like that? Does it bother you? And he looks right at the guy and says, look, I, I like playing baseball more than I like playing shortstop. That's how you have to be. So how do you foster that? How do you build that? By letting them play. Let them play. Let them figure it out. Let them argue over who's going to play short this inning. Let them argue over fair foul. Let, let the kids figure out eventually that, hey, you know, we got to quit picking Johnny last. You know, it, 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 somebody will step up and say, hey, guys, take, take him a little earlier. You know, somebody will do it. Somebody will do it. Maybe not. Maybe no, he won't. Maybe Johnny will get tired of getting picked last and work harder. Maybe Johnny can't. Maybe Johnny's not an athlete. I don't know. It'd be okay. I, I Honestly, I mean it. Somebody's going to get hit in the face with a ball? Yep, they are. There's going to be a bloody nose. You're going to show up. There's going to be a bloody nose. Um, I'm telling you we got to quit protecting kids from things that they can learn from. These are not end-of-the-world problems. But I'm telling you, it's, it's, it, it, it's been the most fun thing I've done in quite some time when it comes to the game of baseball is be a part of what I've been a part of the last four weeks, five weeks. It's been amazing. To a man, every coach, same thing. Uh, it goes back to what I said, too, for our high school team. When they were 14 years old is when they started scattering and going to all the different programs. Um, I got an opinion on that. I think it's 15. I think that year before they're 14, what you do is you get a bunch of kids together that are going to go to school together. And you say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go have fun this summer. We're going to have 15 kids on the team. We're going to teach you how to sit the bench. Um, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to bat 10. We're going to have one extra hitter. 
when you pitch, you know, you're going to be a no throw the next day. You're going to pitch until you're out of pitches because you're not going to throw again until it's time to throw your bullpen. And we're going to go have fun with your buddies because this thing gets real serious in, in next year. I don't know. Just some opinions. Uh, I love to have the conversation back and forth with you guys. And again, this is just something that I've noticed just watching it. Um, let's get into the segments of the shows that I know you guys appreciate. Let's start um, again. Uh, this week, we're going to go to the Rope Report, uh, starting, of course, with my good friend and yours, Kurt McNabb, as he does a tremendous job with his Rope Report each and every week. I know that uh, a lot of listeners out there um, appreciate Kirk. I know they appreciate Dirtbag Baseball Nation, and they really love what uh, Earl Perrin, Chris Vernon, and John Smoltz have come up with with the Rope Trainer. Let's hear what he has for us. Take it away. Thanks, Jim. Welcome to this week's uh, Rope Report, Dirtbags. I'm Kirk McNabb of Dirtbag Baseball Nation, and uh, as always, uh, here every week, and uh, talking about things of pitching and baseball in general and stuff like that here on the Rope Report. And this week, I just want to jump right in, and and I know we've got playoffs coming on in the major leagues, and and, and again, like we've been saying, all kinds of tremendous come down uh, the pipe uh, as far as the wild cards. It's it's crazy race, and, and uh, I think we're all looking forward to it. So. Definitely, for sure, it'll be an exciting weekend uh, to play out. And uh, next week, we'll be up and rolling with the playoffs. So that's cool. Exciting stuff. So as I mentioned, I want to get right into it. Uh, the last few weeks, I've been talking about uh, the stride, getting the stride right. Uh, if you can't throw, you can't pitch. Different things like that. And this week, I want to talk about a, a part of the four starting pitchers and stuff like that, especially. Not, not so much relief pitchers, but definitely for starting pitchers, and especially at high school age, college age, and the pros. Um, one of the things that I've noticed over the last uh, several years is the lost art of the, the running, the long-distance running. Um, we live in the world of fast pace, and we want to get things done as quick as we can, and we're, we're sprinting, so that's where we've even evolved with the conditioning and, and the strengthening and stuff like that of uh, baseball, that, that everything seems to be a sprint and stuff. And I want you to hear me clearly on this and, and, and try to take it away and evaluate it. As always, you know, reach out to me. Uh, talk to me and, and get more explanation on what I'm talking about. But this is what I mean. Um, it's that 30-minute long-distance run for starting pitchers that's so vital and important uh, in between your starts after bullpens uh, to keep the conditioning up. And and that's one part of it is uh, the physical component. But the mental component that, that took me a long time to understand personally, and actually it was after college uh, before I really understood it and was able to, to – take it and, and own it and grasp it. And, and this, what I talk to young pitchers about all the time now is it's not just a 30 minute run. Um, when you think that way, when your mind is in that set, it, it's like a, a three day run when you think about it that way. But that 30 minute run is exactly like your start. It's your start. Um, this day and age, we, we get through five innings or, or six innings, and that's a great start. Well, no, I don't want to do that. I want, I want to get you guys to a, to a nine-inning start. I want to teach you how to evolve, how to have the power, the strength. But this is the mindset and one component of it. So if you think about it this way from now on and get back into a 30-minute run, the first 10 minutes are like the first three innings of a game. All right. You're, you're full of excitement and, and you've got strength and you've got power, just the exact same as when we start a game. We've got that power and we've got that strength. OK, and, and we're going. And then all of a sudden we get into the uh, second 10 minutes, the 10 to the 20 minute mark. And all of a sudden our brain goes, oh, my God, we still have 20 minutes to go. Or, you know, and, and that's and that's the same type of maybe situation where you've got base runners on, you've got that close game going on, you know, you, you, you've you maybe sailed through or you're just getting through the first three innings, how, however it was going, but now you're in inning four, five, and six, and, you, and you're starting to get a little bit wore down, get a little fatigued in the legs, the arm, uh, and the mind starts getting away on you. But if you can sit there and, and learn to focus as you're running that 30 minutes, minutes 10 to 12, or 20, sorry, you're going to be in a lot better position. And you think about it like a game, you're going to have that strong mindset. You're going to have that powerful mindset and that will to work through that uh, situation, whether it's, you know, you gave up a run or whatever, but you close the door and that's it. That's, that's as many as they're getting. Or you got guys on second and third with one out or whatever, and you get out of that inning. That, it's amazing. You can think your way through. You can think a lot of game situations. You learn to breathe properly. You learn to relax. You learn to let your mind get into a trust state and a flow state. 
And, and it, you'll be amazed at how powerful it'll be. And then that'll lead you into that, that 20 to 30 minute mark. We, we get that life again. We get that, that power and that excitement to come down the home stretch. And we, we, we build off of that. Okay. And it's just like getting to that seventh, eighth and ninth. Hey, you've got through six innings. Now you've got a chance to win or lose this game. It's your game as it always should be. And, and what I say to pitchers is I never come and take the ball from you. You give me the ball. So make no mistake about it. The perception is the coach took the ball from you, but that's not the reality. The reality is we you gave us the ball for whatever reason. You ran out of steam. You just didn't have it that day. Uh, who knows what? But the majority of times, you end up giving me the ball. Sure, if you get hit by a ball or whatever, something unforeseen happens in the game, those are different stories. But for the most part, you give that ball to us. So this is your opportunity to get into that running and that mindset of, you know what, this is my game. Coach gave me the ball. This is my game, and I'm not going to give him that ball until I'm done. So that last 10 minutes, you're full of excitement and power and energy and belief. Your mind believes that, yeah, I'm on the home stretch. I'm going to finish this 30-minute run out. It's just like the 7th, 8th, and ninth. Hey, baby, I'm not giving that ball up. I'm not giving that ball up. Hey, if you're going down to the bullpen, you're not going down to warm up for me. You're going down to get some work in the bullpen. But you're not taking the ball and you're not coming in to me. All right? So it's just a big thing I wanted to stress and, and, and say that I don't see it as I walk around or I, as I travel around or do clinics or talk with people or even go to the ballparks in, in general. And, and I'd love to see it coming back. And, and if you can get into it, get that mindset going right, that 30 minutes can be a tremendous game plan development period in your in your pitching rotation and it's no longer oh my god I'm just running for 30 minutes it's just oh my god this is mundane it drives me crazy absolutely it would absolutely it would be it'd be just a a low point in your day but if you sit there and you get your mind right and you look at it that way the first 10 minutes are innings one two and three you set the table you get the tone of the game it's your game Four, five, six are minutes 10 to 20. Hey, could be a bump in the road. Hey, that's the grind period where you've got to get through there. You've got to get through that. And then that minutes 20 to 30, all right, that's like bringing it home, the 7th, 8th, and ninth. That's your game. You've got the win or the loss at this point. Don't give me that ball. Don't give me that ball. Go ahead and be tough. Tough mentally, tough physically, okay? So I just wanted to pass that on, as I said. And I appreciate you for listening, as always. Um Jim, great, great show today, uh, as always. It's just it's just so much fun being a part of Youth Baseball Talk. And and as you know, uh, I'm going to give my shout-out, as I always do, with uh, Earl and the boys over at the Rope Trainer. This, this all couldn't happen without those guys. So, you know, definitely look up the Rope Trainer. I can't stress the importance of that device. I just talked with players there the other day about staying warm between innings and what, what you recommend, Coach, and they were asking me. And I said, I recommend that you have the Rope Trainer. You go behind the dugout, it's got a long inning or whatever, you keep yourself warm, you keep yourself loose. And, and it's amazing how much better your game will become. There's so many, there's so many benefits of the rope trainer, it's unbelievable. Okay. But you got to have your mind right and you've got to be in the right frame of mind all the way through. Okay. And that's what we're trying to do here on the rope report. Get you in a good place mentally and, and sound as well as physically. Okay. So you can find the rope trainer at www.theropetrainer.com. All right. Enter the word dirtbag, the number five, dirtbag, the number five at checkout. That way they know you heard it here. All right. And we'll go ahead and we're going to see you here next week as we always do. Or uh, we're going to be talking to you next week as we always do. And I, I, I look forward to it. And you know, we encourage you to follow us at Dirtbag Baseball Nation, at Dirtbag Baseball Nation. And that's on Instagram or Facebook. And you can also check us out on Twitter at Dirtbag Nation number one. Dirtbag Nation and the number one. Okay. All right. I'm Kirk McNabb, and you know what time it is, Dirtbags. That's right. It's time to get up, get after it, and get dirty. Great, great stuff. And of course, um, Kirk McNabb, nobody does it better. Dirtbag Baseball Nation, and as always, brought to you by theropetrainer.com. As John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Get yours today. All right, onward and upward. And of course, Dirk Dombrowski does a tremendous job with his precisionimpact.ca tip of the week. Uh, as I always mention, uh, when it comes to PrecisionImpact.ca, they deliver the equipment and training that you need to win. It comes right to your doorstep at a price you can afford. 
Uh, check out their VIP club for insider training tips and special discounts. Hitting is a core fundamental of baseball. Getting in as much hitting practice as possible is always important. Uh, there's going to be times, though, where there's safety and space issues, and they'll prevent regular hitting practice. PrecisionImpact.ca is where you can get slugs, squishies, flex balls, all great for practicing in areas where baseballs would be unsafe to use. Um, please don't forget, though, that baseball throwing is one of the most strenuous activities that an athlete can endure in any sport. Proper recovery is vital. Um, you're going to want to check out their arm care and throwing uh, training aids that they have as well. Um, again, uh, they believe being proactive to increase strength and endurance before injuries happen is vital. So great stuff there from our friends at PrecisionImpact.ca. Check them out. Don't forget when you check out, put in Youth Baseball Talk in the uh, discount area and receive yourself an additional 10% off. Let's go now to our PrecisionImpact.ca tip of the week. Thanks, Jim, and thanks, Youth Baseball Talk. My name is Dirk, and on today's Precision Impact Rundown, I wanted to talk a couple of things um, about what I'm seeing these days at fall ball and what I'm seeing consistently through younger athletes in baseball. Um, and it's it's the small things. Um, it's nothing. It's nothing extravagant. It's nothing. Um, whether it be you know an excessive use or poor mechanics in terms of pitching, it's not even necessarily a really really poor swing, but I think it's more like the fundamentals of knowing the game, and it's it's the small things that really I think matter the most. I've mentioned this before in other talks, but I, even even what we're coaching these days isn't anything extraordinary or anything really complicated. What a lot of coaches should be, and what you know, uh, our program is really driving home with people is the small things, you know, um, hitting your cuts from the outfield, relatively simple, knowing how many outs there are in the first place, relatively simple, communicating proper, uh, properly during fly balls. So proper fly ball communication, uh, keep the ball in front of you in the infield, you know, all, all these things are so simple and so expected. And when you do them right, you're, you're going to find success. Um, taking a really good route to the ball in the outfield. You know, if, say, you don't even happen to catch a ball, but you take a really good route, other coaches are going to take notice. You know, hitting your coat, hitting your cut, you might not get the guy, but hitting your cut to the best of your ability is going to take, is going to allow coaches to take notice. You know, all these things, we're, we're all convinced that it's got to be a home run. It's got to be a perfect game. We've got to throw over 90. But for the, the fact is that not everyone has to be able to do that to get to the next level. A lot of the time, it's doing the small things. You need guys on the roster that can do the small things well. Um, when it, base running probably equally as important. You know, if if you haven't made a lot of plays in the outfield, or if you haven't made a lot of plays in the infield to to grab the attention of a coach or a scout or whatever the case is, um, or even just play the game well, doing things in the base paths are crucial. Not only that, they're going to lead to success and they're going to lead to you to winning games. So it's 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 how to take a proper leap. You know, making sure that you're taking a big enough of a lead that you're diving back nearly every single time, right? That has to start happening. I, I see too many times people take these small leads because they maybe they know the guy's going to pick off and they don't really want to get dirty. They don't want to have to slide and then have to dust all the dirt off and then take another lead. You've, you've got to get into the habit of taking such a big lead that you have to dive back every single time. Diving, especially at first, diving to the back of the bag. Um, and then a good secondary, making sure we're taking that secondary. So if that ball happens, if you see that that ball going down on a bit of an angle, you can you know um, take off. You know that base is going to be yours. If if the ball happens to get away from the catcher, you're so far off already that the base is going to be easily yours. Leadoffs from second, not much different. Making sure that we're starting back and moving in and covering ground at all times. Trying to stretch and good secondaries and trying to trying to scratch and claw for every inch and every foot we can so that we're closer to the base we want to be. We're trying to get to that next 90 feet as best we can. Um, on the base path as well, you know, turning around at second base and picking up all your outfielders, knowing where they're playing so that when the balls hit, you have a mental memory of exactly where that right fielder was and you know that ball's not getting caught you don't have to wait and look and see if it gets caught you know right away because two seconds ago you turned around you looked at where everyone was playing you know they're playing deep you know they're playing shallow whatever the case may be and as a result you have a better read on the ball and again we're, we're scratching and clawing for that next 90 feet and that's what's going to help win ball games 
Um, you know, we, everyone says freeze, freeze on a line drive. You know, we're starting to get into the habit of not just freezing. Cause if you freeze on a line drive, you're done, right? It's, it's just, it's just a fact, especially as you get higher up infielders are looking to try and double you up. So we're getting into the habit of teaching young athletes to take two hard steps back on a, on a freeze, right? That at the very least, if you happen to get burned, you're heading in the right direction, you know, and if it's through the hole, two hard steps isn't going to be the end of the world. You're going to at the very least be able to advance. Um, it, it's little things like that in the base path. Pitchers, you know, uh, we can keep it simple as well. First pitch strike. You know, I, I can't I can't stress enough how simple that is yet effective. Um, you know, being able to repeat a pitch, not trying to throw it through somebody, but simply just listening to your catcher. Um you know, in terms of off-speed, keeping things really relaxed, not trying to squeeze water out of a rock when we're throwing a curveball or whether we're throwing a changeup, things need to be relatively loose and relaxed and letting the seams of the baseball catch and draft and grab and allow the ball to move on its own. Um, infielders, I mean, unfortunately, they've got to just think ahead of everything that's happening. Um knowing what to do if the ball's hit to you. So running through the three or four possible scenarios when base runners are on, nobody on, it's obviously quite simple. But as soon as base runners get on, you know, you need to start thinking of, okay, if the ball's hit to my right, if the ball's hit to my left, if it's a pot fly behind me, if it's a slow roller, you know, what what is your goal? What are you trying to achieve? And when you're thinking of that before the pitch is even taken – then you, then it's going to be it's going to be easier to know what to do and then that play can be executed properly without hesitation keyword without hesitation um, catchers i think what need to start happening more and what we're trying to t- uh, teach catchers to keep things simple is be better communicators you know you, you don't need to you don't need to step out there and just tell everyone to be tell everybody what everybody already knows catchers going out there hey two outs thrown across the yard you know one out try and double it up whatever go out there and have a conversation right and and it doesn't have to be an hour long it can be 30 seconds it can be 10 seconds but have a conversation and and slow the game down. And, and you know, you look at your third baseman. Hey, you never know this guy's bunted before. Situation. Hey, cat pitcher, you got to get over anything to the right side. Middle infielders. Hey, turn it up. Right. Outfielders don't let anything drop. And suddenly you've just sort of you've sort of set the tone and you've sort of been able to control the game from behind the dish, which is what should be happening. And you've had a conversation, and suddenly now you've you've made sure that somebody who might not have been sure exactly what's going on now they know. Right, and that's how you, as a catcher, can make sure make sure everybody's on the same page. And then, if that guy happens to bunt, their base is playing way back. The guy happens to bunt. Um, at the very least, you you know you might know a few things that other people don't, and you might not, you might see it. And suddenly, you can help control and and shift the tides of the game a little bit more by simply slowing the game down, going out there, having a conversation, sharing with everybody else something that you might know. You know, and the list can go on and on. And I'd really love to hear from some of you guys on what are some of the simple, th- simple things you really love to coach um, players. What are the, some of the simple things that you've found that you've made an adjustment on that really have made leaps and bounds in your game, but made you of more of a valuable player? You know, and and I was you know a huge believer when I was playing of of the simple things. You know, um, first pitch strikes. You know, I I would go a game without walking a guy, and that I'd be feel win or lose, I'd feel pretty 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 happy that I didn't walk a guy. Right, everybody either earned their bases or whatever the case may be. And, and the simple things when you look back, or when you're when you're trying to think of what you want to work on this fall, or what it is in the future that's going to make you a ball player, I guarantee it's going to be just the simple things. You know, if you interview some of the some of the most successful major league players right now i guarantee it was it's just the little things that they're doing exceptionally well consistently over an extended period of time that's making them so great right swinging you know even at the plate you could this could be a separate talk on at the plate alone but keeping it simple at the plate having an approach and executing it it's that simple right two strikes we have to defend a little bit more we can't be watching balls go by us with two strikes and and, and just having to walk back to the dugout we also can't be just watching that really slow first pitch strike Right, unless there's a reason or rhyme to it, but for the most part, we should be hunting a lot earlier than we do. And with a better approach, again, batters are going to have more success. Or they're going to see their averages start to climb. 
Um, can't stress enough just how important the simple things are in baseball. Not easy. I'm not saying things are easy, but simple. There are just so many simple things outfielders, infielders, catchers, and pitchers and hitters could be doing to improve their game. It isn't. It isn't that complicated. I think so many kids these days are expecting a magic drill or some piece of advice that's you know that's going to change their swing. They're going to have this new swing that's going to change everything. Pitchers are going to have this new motion. They're going to have a new pitch. They're going to have all these things. I think I think we have to revert back to how simple this game is and and master the simple things. And then, again, then you can start getting a little bit more complicated if you choose to. But I guarantee you, if you find success with the simple things, you're going to stick with it. Thanks. Great, great, great stuff. Love it, love it, love it. And, again, it uh, means a lot to me to have such uh, quality people involved in the show. Uh, precisionimpact.ca, Dirk Dombrowski, they do a tremendous job. Check them out. They deserve an opportunity for your business. Um, you know, I, I'm such a big fan. You guys know that. Justin Stone, Travis Curver, Elite Baseball. EliteBaseball.tv is a training tool. Uh, it's an informational highway. It's all about what we talk about when we want coaches to get better. EliteBaseball.tv, training tip of the week, as always. And, again, uh, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. It's simple. Check it out today. Justin Stone, take it away. Thanks, Jim. Justin Stone here from EliteBaseball.tv. And I can tell you what, this time of year, I always get excited. And you might think pennant race baseball on TV, and sure, yeah, everybody's excited for the postseason. But really what makes me excited this time of year is minor league players are starting to come back. It's the off season for our amateur players. And what are we focused on right now? We're evaluating what we just did during the season and we're marking down how we're going to get better. And I don't just think about that for players. I think about it challenges me as a coach. You know, every year I get more and more excited about learning new things. And I feel like, you know, as we progress in technology and we progress in how we're able to teach more efficiently, I also look back three or four years ago and say, man, I'm, I'm a completely different coach than I was four years ago or five years ago and certainly 10 years ago. So this time of year excites me as a coach because I'm doing the same thing. I'm trying to make players better, but I'm trying to get better myself. And that's the question I'm going to ask you. When does that stop? You know, oftentimes we talk about player development. Well, what about, what about coach development? So that's my challenge to you this time of year, too. Get excited. Get passionate about learning something new, whether that's picking up a book, which uh, you, I do frequently, and, and just tons of knowledge that we can be at our fingertips through social media through the internet, or through hard copies of books. Find something that you don't know as much about that you'd like to learn more of, because that's how we grow as coaches, and ultimately that's how we get better at player development. We have to grow ourselves. And we do that by asking questions. I think that's the biggest thing. Ask questions, reflect, and listen. I'm pretty fortunate in my job. I get to be around a lot of really good baseball minds, and I often, when I'm around these people, Talk less and listen more. You might think, well, Justin, you know, you're on this podcast, you talk all the time, and I'm supposed to be an authoritative voice for the people I interact with in baseball. But I feel like there's times where you need to mute yourself, listen to the opinions and expertise of other people, and, form, and help formulate your own opinions on how you're going to interact with players or how you're going to get better. And I had that opportunity this week, uh, uh, being around a major league coach, a major league player, and we just sat out at dinner and, and talked baseball. And I did very little talking. I did a lot of listening, and I asked a lot of questions when I was talking. And I think that's something, if I'm going to pat myself on the back as an instructor or coach, that I feel like I do a good job of, and that's questioning everything. You learn by asking questions and finding out the answers to those questions. So that's going to be, again, my challenge to you as a father coach, as a mom coach, as a coach of a team, is get passionate and excited about learning something new right now, and you'll be surprised how that turns into something that snowballs. You learn something, and it makes you ask more questions, so you dig deeper, and you learn something new, and you ask more questions. And it's just a good habit to get into, and typically at this time of year with baseball people, we have more time to do it. So I'm reading a book called Anatomy Trains right now that I really like. It's about um, the body's ability to create more efficient movement. And it's really a book, a textbook that is used by um, manual therapists in, in their profession. So I'm crossing over 
and to another profession of a book it has really nothing to do with baseball yet everything to do with baseball at the same time so just a little insight get curious find some answers to something new and you'll be surprised how it's going to help yourself as a coach and help your players understand and get better this offseason. Until next time, this is Justin Stone. Use our resource at EliteBaseball.tv for your offseason needs. Until next time, we'll see you on the field. Great stuff as always, and of course, we appreciate the continued support from all of our friends at EliteBaseball.tv. Of course, Justin Stone and Travis Kerber, two of the best, and if you ever get an opportunity to see them speak at a clinic or a conference or anything, take the time. Um, But the next best thing I'm promising you is EliteBaseball.tv. Uh, type it in, check it out. You guys will not be disappointed. I want to thank everybody for joining us on the show today. I want to remind you to check us out, youthbaseballtalk.com. Subscribe to the show there. You can listen to the catalog of back episodes. Uh, do your shopping at Amazon there. Help me with my producers, Brian Crock and Andrew Allen. Is It's a very small referral. doesn't cost you anything, and it helps me keep the show on the air. and means a lot to us, so thank you. Uh, of course, social media, um, you know, at Podcast Baseball on Twitter. If you're involved in baseball and you follow us, we're going to follow you back. We're interested in what you have to say. Uh, trying to build our Facebook community, just go to Facebook, type in Youth Baseball Talk, like our Facebook page, click invite your friends. Uh, if you see the show pinned, posted, uh, share it around. We'd love to have the show out there and get a community of conversation going. It means a lot to us. Um, again, lineupmedia.fm, thank you for housing us. Thank you for taking care of us. Uh, we love being a part of your fast podcast-growing network. Yo Radio now available, though, on your mobile device. Go to the App Store, download Yo Radio today. Leave them a review. It's a tremendously new and energetic streaming platform. It's everything you'd hoped it'd be. It's going to be more, I promise you. That's Yo Radio today. Uh, Again, special thanks to PrecisionImpact.ca for their continued support of the show. To my friends, The Rope Trainer, theropetrainer.com. Don't forget to check it out today. Uh, Again, as always, uh, Kurt McNabb, Dirtbag Baseball Nation, means so much to the show. And, of course, EliteBaseball.tv and their training tip of the week. For all of us here at Youth Baseball Talk, see you on the field. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at YouthBaseballTalk.com, Facebook.com slash YouthBaseballTalk, or on Twitter at PodcastBaseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.